there are plenty of us who are part or half or who who don't have the full blood quantum that other people have and we're all valid too we're all we are all native american and whatever else we are but we're, we're all native american too and i was like yeah i am a connector i am a connector for those who are full blood i'm a connector for those who are part and heavenly father has given me this opportunity and the tools and everything so that's that's how come how come me that's why and i i've been really being blessed by this and i've had doors opened and just tender mercies all over the place since i've started this project Andrea Hales, a former neighbor of mine. That's right. She was in the same ward that I was in when I, uh, you know, lived around Janamonite. Uh, Her and I and Andrea and a bunch of other folks, we always chatted. Who knew that one day Andrea would strike out on her own to do her own podcast? It's called Tribe of Testimonies. And you guys, it's such an awesome project. I can't wait for you to meet Andrea. I just want to say that if you love all of these episodes that we've been bringing to you and you've not yet left a review for the Cultural Hall on uh, particularly Apple Podcasts, take a second. I don't know why. I don't know why you've hesitated. It's free. You can do it. In fact, I'll give you a twofer. You could go there and you could give a review for Tribe of Testimonies, and you could also give one for the Cultural Hall. I hope that you'll do it. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. I hope that if you're moved and stirred to make a donation and become a Patreon saint that you will do it. Uh, that Did I already mention the contact of the culturalhall.com if you know other folks that should be here? All the things. This community gets greater as you more greater, I don't know, as you more as you more fully, as you commit to it, as you listen and participate, uh, be a part of the community and uh, enjoy this episode of The Cultural Hall. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and as this week we've been uh, interviewing and talking with other uh, podcasters, folks that are in the uh, LDS space, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints space, I'm excited to be able to visit with Andrea Hales uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the project that she's working on is so unique, and I love it, but... Also, uh, Andrea and I had the opportunity to sort of work together. She said, hey, I have this really great idea. And I hope that you felt, Andrea, that all along the way I was like, yes, yes, absolutely, please, and thank you. How are you this morning? I'm so great. Now, it's worth it to mention, if you are a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall, uh, you get to peek into Andrea's, I'm guessing that's the master closet. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, one one of my favorite. here. Yes, I was going to say one of my favorite things of uh, 2020 and now bleeding into 2021 is that we realize the closet full of clothes is one of the best places to get great sound within our home. So uh, I appreciate you not only sharing your time but also sharing your and your husband's wardrobe with us uh, as we talk. <laughs> yeah. Now, a- Andrea, uh, first of all, I want to queue up, and we'll go into this a lot more later. But um, tell me about Tribe of Testimonies. Okay, so um, it's the tagline is Conversations with Faithful Native American Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Sharing Their Stories and Their Love of the Savior. And so it's, it's I interview Native Americans, but it's not just for Native Americans, and it's just a testimony-building space. 
Yeah, and I'm excited to get more into that. But I think the immediate question that people would have is, like, who are you to be able to talk in that space? So let's find out a little bit more about who you are. Uh, tell me, where are you from? I am from Emory County, Utah. I'm from a little teeny tiny place called Farron. And uh, for people who don't know, uh, if you can imagine um, the smallest town you've ever thought of in your entire <laughs> mind and then drive like 20 miles away from that town and then there's like a post office and then drive 20 miles beyond that post <laughs> office, that's what, what Farron is like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not too far off because I've actually been there and went, did I sneeze? Did I miss Farron? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah. what happened here? People that go to Farron are either there on purpose because of a family reunion or they're hunting or they're absolutely lost. What What was your family doing down there for? Um, so way back in pioneer days when Brigham Young was there, he sent people over from San Pete County. And so that's where the Worthens came from. They came from San Pete County and went to Emory County. Um, and so I have ancestry that goes back to the founding of Farron. And and so then we, we have sort of that piece of it. But to be able to speak in the Native American piece, I feel like that, you know, if I were to do that, I think that would be a much different um, sort of conversation. In fact, so much to the point that I don't know that I could feel that I could step into that space. What allows you to be able to, to speak into that space? Right. So my mom is Navajo. She and my dad met because of the church's uh, Indian placement program. Way back in the day, it started in the, in the 60s, if I remember right, and it went all the way until the 90s. Um, but my mom was in the time of the most prodigious part of the, the program when students were taken from Indian homes across the nation, not just the Navajo, but um, any tribe that had a, had Native American members who wanted to send their children to a Latter-day Saint home, they were allowed to send them through foster care, through the church's foster care program. So my mom went on that program from the time she was about eight or nine, and she graduated from high school from that. And then she ended up meeting my dad on a blind date because she has a friend who was uh, also on the program who married a coal miner, uh, an Emory County white man coal miner. Mm -hmm. And my dad was an Emory County white man coal miner was friends with this man and so they set them up on a blind date and um it took a couple times but that's that's where i came from so yeah now people probably there are some that are hearing this and saying indian placement program what in the world is this uh, yeah. And I don't know that I even understand the full scope of it. I know that we certainly don't do it anymore. Um, right. But but it was was it church driven? And we said, hey, listen, we want to help. You know, we, we, you know, we sort of f for lack of a better term and hopefully it's not insensitive, like we want to civilize and, and be able to help that. And then uh, those Native Americans were brought into LDS homes or was it? Native American homes and they were like, listen, the opportunities here are not going to be as much as if you went elsewhere. Like, what was the draw to it? Some of some of both of those columns, column A, column B, uh -huh. uh, a lot of it was they saw that the education system where they were was flawed. And so the church was like, we can do it better. We can give these people, these children, a chance to come to where our education systems are more stable, more founded. So that was part of it. They were the students ideally were supposed to go back to their reservations and help make it make life better when they graduated from that. 
but not all of them did. In fact, a lot of people stayed where they were or married somebody from where they were and ended up somewhere else. But the the problem or not the problem, but that's what it, that's what it was trying to solve was just giving them better opportunities to have education. And also they were supposed to be going to live with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So they were supposed to be able to see how a model family was living the gospel. And then they could, those uh, Native American children would be able to go back and live the gospel the way they saw modeled. Which for some people listening to this, they just go, oh, wow, I can't, I can't even believe that we did that. It's certainly something that, that didn't prove the fruits that, um, that we wanted because we discontinued it. And I imagine if we were like, yes, spot on, we would still be doing it to today. What were, in, in your sort of your perspective and as you visited with different folks, both with this project and I'm sure just through life, like, like what's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the hitch in something like this? You mentioned, one, that they weren't returning home. So the point was to help, you know, kind of increase a, a betterment of life on the reservation and people wouldn't come back. So what were the other kind of flaws? So, so it was a mixed bag of results because not every family was an ideal family. There was abuse that happened and there were people that uh, didn't get the good education that they thought they would be able to get. So that's some of the flaws, um, but I don't. I think the the church discontinued it not because it wasn't overall a success, but it was it wasn't needed anymore. Education systems on reservations were coming up, um, so it it was it was time to end it for multiple reasons. I mean, I have friends that are just a couple years older than me that uh, who were in the Indian placement program. I met them at BYU and. It, it was a good thing for them too. So it was good for my mom. For some people, it was not. And in fact, my mom had both good experiences and bad experiences because she didn't live with the same family her whole her whole career in this in the program. So mm. she had some good families and some good fa- and not good families. I would imagine too, because the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and Native Americans, we sort of have this sort of tricky relationship, right? Like we're going out to the Navajo and other nations, and we're gonna we're gonna spread the gospel to the Lamanites, and we're gonna gather them back. Like I I, I can't help but think that in a lot of ways that sort of creates just um, awkward, maybe at best situation, but kind of yeah yeah. Just, so so there there are, it depends on the person too. There's yeah, a lot sure. of but um, there's a, a man that I interviewed and he actually spent an extra hour with me and did a, pre- a presentation. And he talked about the similarities between the Lakota religion and the gospel of Jesus Christ. There, it is so in line if you look at the actual roots of it. And I think that's probably true for most of the, most of the Native American tribes. If you look at the root of the way that they were taught and everything, there's some things that have been lost, but they don't realize that they're almost everything that they really truly are trying to teach is Christianity. It's just with a different spin on it. And so I think if, I think that's part of one of the goals of my tribe of testimonies is to show that there is so much in common with, with what, the, the Native American religions, and each tribe has its own, basically, they all actually are, are Christian at the core. And so we just, it, it's not uh, shown a light on it that way. Um, way back in the days of assimilation, it was 
your way is wrong. So it can't be right. It It's not Christian. It's so it's not right, but it is Christian and they don't realize it. So I, so I know that I've already asked this question, but I would ask it again. Like, so this is such a tricky scenario. It's, you know, it feels like it'd be walking a tightrope and like being able to share these vital conversations that quite frankly, we don't share enough uh, within the church. But still that you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one who's going to step into this space and do it. So so let me know, like, why? Why you? Why? How? What? What in the world? <laughs> okay, so that is such a good question. I, in October, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, and he was like, well, it's time to come to a close. And I'm like, no, I love you. Like I needed him because of coronavirus. We were stuck at home, right? So I listened to him all summer last year. I listened to his year. I went back and I went back and I listened to every single thing because I hadn't been, I hadn't followed podcasts for forever. So he ended his his podcast in, in October and I'm like, no. And I'm laying in bed one night, literally thinking, dang it, I'm I'm gonna miss this podcast. And the thought came to me, Andrea it's time for you to start a podcast and your, your, your topic is native Americans. And I'm like me, cause I wasn't raised as a Navajo, like traditional. I, I wasn't, I was raised around all my, I, I mean, I have a good relationship with my Navajo Sam family, but I was raised with all my white family. So I was like, me, <laughs> and the the prompting would not go away. And so I started looking into it and I started talking to you and I talked to some of my other friends and I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. And uh, the more I talked to people, the more, and the more I was thinking about my own spiritual gifts, one of the gifts that I feel like I have been blessed with is um, the ability to maintain connections with people and make connections with people. And so I'm like, I can, I can do this. And so as I was preparing this and talking to people, I had some really great conversations and some really great ideas given to me. And I'm like, I can do this. I, and I feel like I am of a generation and the, the people after me, there are, there are plenty who are full blood by the, their blood records, according to the, that, but there are plenty of us who are part or half or who who don't have the full blood quantum that other people have and we're all valid too we're all we are all native american and whatever else we are but we're, we're all native american too and i was like yeah i am a connector i am a connector for those who are full blood i'm a connector for those who are part and heavenly father has given me this opportunity and the tools and everything so that's that's how come how come me? That's why. And I, I've been really being blessed by this and I've had doors opened and just tender mercies all over the place since I've started this project. Have there been people that have pushed back? Like I think of maybe some of those full blood Native Americans who are like, all right, this is a great project. And man, what a great idea, Andrea. But, you know, maybe someone that isn't you or, you know, maybe someone that is full blood or, or, or anything like that. I've only had one person who has given me a little bit of flack and she didn't give me that much. I, I had already posted my introduction piece and, and I was like, and I was talking to her. I'm like, so was my Navajo bad? She's like, well, <laughs> I understood it. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, 
well, that's embarrassing, but not embarrassing because I wasn't raised speaking the language and I had tried my best to do it. Right. And, and she also brought up the fact that, so she's Navajo and she married a white man. Mm -hmm. So her children are half and she was raised in Page, Arizona. And she talked about um, some relationships that she's had with other people in Page. Page itself is on, on the border of the Navajo reservation. And so there are a lot of Navajos there, but it's not like, it's not like all Navajos there. Um, in fact, I have an aunt and an uncle who lived there for over 40 years and they are my Worthen family, my, my, my white side. Um, so this woman that I was talking to was like, yeah, there are a lot of people who in, even in page who don't really understand the Navajo way. And, and that's, and I was like, I don't understand all the Navajo way. I wasn't raised that way. I, I, but it's, it doesn't make me any less valid as a Navajo. It doesn't make me any less valid as a person who wants to share the message, who wants to listen to messages that are being, are being shared. Yeah, there, there's something so genuine about the way that you approach things in that, like, I feel like you go, and and, and this is 100% complimentary, so I want to make sure that it sounds that way. It, it is, I promise. But where you just go, yeah, I know that maybe I'm not going to say this perfect, but you know what I am going to try and do? I'm going to try my very best as I share your story, as I try and make the connections to me. And so I'm sure that already in, in the uh, episodes that you've published so far, I am sure that you have learned a ton, a ton about, you know, Native American culture, a ton about yourself. I would be curious, what what is a thing or maybe a couple of things uh, where you go, oh, man, I had not considered that previously, and now I'll never forget it? Well, so like I said, I've never been raised, I never have gone to ceremonies. I never done, I've never done really any of that. The most, the, the one ceremony that I have witnessed was my cousin being married and her grandma and grandfather were there and they're both medicine men and, or a medicine man and a medicine woman. And I witnessed that, but that's about it. Right. I mean, I've spent time with my family, but I've never done any of that. And so, um, one of the guests that I had, he didn't even know, he didn't know my, my podcast, somebody had given me his name. And so I thought they had already talked to him. Hey, you should do this project with this. <laughs> so some of the, some of my guests have been like, almost practically cold turkey. Oh, hi. And so I, I get to know them absolutely from scratch on the interview and other guests I've had that I've had an hour long interview conversation with them before we ever record an interview. Mm -hmm. So this, this one guy that I was given a name, he, he talked about how he was raised very much in the Navajo tradition. And he talked about how he, I mean, like, as in basically almost training to become a medicine man, I guess. And he talks about how he, when he found the, when the missionaries actually found him, like found his heart there, there'd always been missionaries around him, but when they found him and connected with him, he, he um, ended up converting and serving a mission. And so he's this young single adult right now, but he talked about how he has all of these songs memorized, like 500 or more songs. Wow. Because, because he knew he did, he did all the traditions and he was preparing in this way. And he talked about how all of those songs are still affecting him and how they help him as an, a Latter-day Saint to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Those songs of, and I was like, 
okay, I love that. Like, that's something I hadn't really thought about. And I, and I told you just a few minutes ago about how the Lakota man, Jeffrey, not help him has, has found the root of a lot of Lakota ways and how it ties to Christianity. And I think the same thing with this, this young single adult man who served a mission, all these songs have tied back to Christianity in some way or another. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to BestDJinUtah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T, and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes. Point is, uh, you know, you, you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the cultural hall mind blown if you are in need of a dj at all or someone in your family's get married would like to be able to talk to me i would love to be able to talk to them it's best dj in utah.com hey this is dan the laptop man from pc laptops are you experiencing panic attacks nausea or diarrhea is your computer not turning on is it running super slow is your internet crawling or is it just randomly crashing You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. How is this impacting? Uh, I know you have like a thousand kids, and, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'm just easy. but but they it feels like a thousand. Can I get validation there? Sometimes, just, <laughs> sometimes, <just> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and within the confines of this conversation, it's all it sounds all right to to say this. And married to a white man, yeah. so how how has this your project doing this impacted uh, your familial relationship and and how you teach your kids about your heritage? So my, my Quentin, I have, I have four kids, a blonde or a light brown. He was quite blonde at birth and he's very fair. And then I have a a girl and a boy who have dark hair and nice olive skin. And then my baby is blonde and really fair. So it's kind of funny. It's like these two match and these two match. And they, um, I'm hoping that Quentin, my dark haired one, and I can be in 
Book of Mormon videos. Hmm. Um, and, and Quentin just barely got baptized in March at the beginning of March, because his birthday's in February and he's, we've been growing his hair for over a year and a half and it's pretty long right now. And he's, he's my most Navajo boy. Like he's my most Navajo kid. And, um, I actually interviewed him for the podcast too. And he, we don't, we don't talk about like ceremonies and stuff. Cause I don't know the, the, the ceremonies and things, but we just talk about respecting other people and looking for the good in them and looking for how the way they live shows their gratitude to heavenly father or different things like that. And I think, I think that's, that's every bit as much what we do in our family. And, and we talk about how we, we wouldn't ever want anybody to put us down for, for being the heritage that we are. So we, we talk about it like that. We don't really, it hasn't really changed a lot because we've always talked like that. You know, I also think when I hear, uh, stories about the Navajo Nation that within uh, like the COVID pandemic and and even today, right, 21st century, the year 2021, that like there are still lots of struggles, uh, particularly with the Navajo Nation. But I know a lot of Native American uh, tribes across the country, like lots of different issues. Um, maybe yeah. just highlight a, a, a few of those. And then what if people are listening to this, what what people could do? Um. So something that that just popped up on my feed this morning on some social media one of the guys that i interviewed his name is greg deal and he is he is pyramid lake paiute and he's an activist and i was pretty actually kind of nervous when i first talked to him because i'm not into the political i i'm not like i'm i'm not into all that that kind of stuff and and maybe i should be but he really is like that. He he's an artist and he uses his art to put forth knowledge about different things that are going on with different tribes and, and tribes as a whole across the nation. He has done some pieces for missing and murdered indigenous women and, and girls, and they call them two spirits. So transgender and so missing and murdered women, that's the easiest way to say it. Um, he's put forth some pieces and almost all of his, his posts were taken down recently mm. like the day. And um, it was really disappointing to hear that his things were taken down off of social media because those kind of, those kind of things are really important. I mean, how, how would you feel if, if there was this high statistic of your family and friends who were, who were taken and murdered or you never see them again and you never even see their body again. I mean, it's, so that's something that um, I, I think is really important to pay attention to, regardless of what race you are, because that affects everybody. It if, I mean, there, it, it could be a, a, a majority of Native Americans who are doing this to other Native Americans. It could be, I'm, I'm not sure the statistics, actually, I haven't looked, but I think actually a lot of them are taken by non-Natives. And so that affects you and that affects me, whether or not we want to recognize that. And so I think things like that, those are things that we should pay attention to. And and I have learned a little bit more even just recently because I've been paying attention a little bit more 
to my to my friends and to those thing those things that are important to them. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the awareness, and then second of all, to speak to that piece, like if if the belief is, and and I struggle with this in a lot of different ways, uh, both personally to do it, and then when I see others do it as well. But like, if we believe that we're God's children, and that you're a child of God, and that I'm a child of God, and that He has sent me here. Oh wait, now I'm singing the lyrics. <laughs> um, but that if all of us are God's children, right? Hey. Though that group of God's children from country or particular race or whatever the thing is, like we should care because, you know, yeah. if our Heavenly Father's like, hey, where are my kids at? We, you know, we're not separated in different groups and being like, oh, those kids over there, that's that. And we are here and they're over there. Like it's it's either everyone or or we're not doing that thing. And I think right. that we could we could benefit a lot from being like, no, we're all God's children. How about we treat each other that way just a little bit? And, and I love that too. I, a few years ago, I was in a, a book club, a library book club, because uh, I was new in my area and I thought it would be a good way to meet some people. And so I started attending this book club and we read this book. It was um, On the Corner of Bitter and Sorrow. And it's about this woman, I, one of the man or the woman, I can't remember. One is Chinese and one is Japanese. And apparently in this, uh, these cultures have never really particularly got along and so these women that were in this book club because it was all women almost all of them were white and I was like that's fine I'm used to that that's totally fine but they're like I I think it's I I don't look at people and see uh color I don't look at people I like they they were talking nicely about themselves and I appreciated the fact that they were trying to look at it like that but I personally think you should look at color and you should look at them as the person that they are because color is beautiful. Look what they have learned because of who they are. Look at what they've learned because of who their family is. Look at what they look at what they bring to the table. Look at color and enjoy color because color is beautiful. You you shouldn't I I'm proud of both of my heritage. I'm proud of my pioneer heritage and I'm proud of my Navajo heritage and I think I have every right to be like that. And I think that's something that people should look at. This person has the right to be proud of all the aspects of their lives and they don't have to hide part of it. So uh, you should be proud of your family and, and the good things that your family has done. I, I don't think there's any problem with, with validating the way that you became who you are. As you've had the opportunity to speak with other uh, Native American folks, whether they be full blood or, or part or, or, you know, whatever, um, what what has that helped you to um, be proud of within your heritage? And I'll take that a step further out and say maybe it isn't a part of your Native American heritage that's helped you to be proud of. Maybe it's part of your your other side, your Worthen heritage. But what are you learning about yourself through, through all of this, through that lens? Um, I love that... I love the way the it's it's so good to know that um, the way I saw my family treating, celebrating together and really um, sharing in successes. I think that is really something that's something that's worthwhile in in both of my both of my heritage. But my my Navajo family seems like they're even bigger on celebrating like you've you've met this milestone let us let us celebrate this with you and and they've gone all out and made somebody made people feel like the decisions that they've made are really worthwhile and I really love that about 
And I, and I've seen that in other families, other Navajo families and other, and I think that is something I like that a lot. I like, I I like celebrating people and making them feel good about the, the good decisions that they've made, because that's, I think we should always do that. Like wherever we live, whenever we live, we should celebrate good decisions and celebrate, um, those step forwards and steps forward in life. One great resource that people will be able to listen to is Tribe of Testimonies, which is the podcast that Andrea Hales not only hosts, but also produces and puts out there. But if someone just wanted like a great resource, I know there's the internet and I could, I can type in to Google, tell me more about Native Americans and you know, all that kind of stuff. But is there a a particular outside of what you do, a particular book or group or organization that if someone, because quite frankly, my guess is that there are a lot of people who are listening to this who are like, you know what? I've just never really thought about this. I don't have, you know, a strong feeling towards it. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't encounter this on a day-to-day, and I think about a lot of other things, but hearing this, I should be more aware of the Native Americans in the United States or, or you know, you know all the, all the different factions and factors. Like, where can people learn more to get good information? Um, there are books out there. There's a book called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee that, that helps define why the tribes are where they are and and. And it's pretty depressing because it's like slaughter after slaughter after slaughter. Um, so it it puts it puts a perspective on on um, reservations and the relationship that tribes have had with the government starting from the beginning. Um, but it that's that's one thing that would help people understand where how how reservations came and and why there's not a real trust with the government, with the federal government because of that. And even state governments a lot of times too. Um, so that's a good one, but there's, there's a lot of other things like that. And if you're looking for um, books that share how the, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and their relationships, I'm not really sure where to look for that. There are a couple books that talk about stories about Jesus coming to visit tribes there's one called he walked the americas and i can't remember the other one but those are those are books that share stories about jesus that have been passed down so i i'm not really i'm not the expert on that either but those are some good sort places to start that will give you a really good background on on at least those two parts of the the issue uh, of the of why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I don't, I'm not an expert and I don't really have, uh, I have friends who are experts. I can hook you up. Sure, sure. Uh, but, but again, that, that sort of just earnestness of like, yeah, I'm not an expert. I, I just am learning alongside everyone else. And people get that opportunity to be able uh, to do that through the questions that you ask uh, for, for everyone who's listening to this or like, yeah, tribe of testimonies. I'm in tell people, uh, is it weekly? How long is it? What do, what do we get out of each episode? Here is your chance. Uh, I always call it here in the cultural hall to climb up on the Rammy Umptum and tell us all about <laughs> it. W- why should yeah. people listen and what will they get? So, as I told you at the beginning, it's just conversations. Um, the way I framed my my podcast, so it's weekly. I put put it out every Tuesday, and I'm really doing my best to go as intertribal and intergenerational as possible. Um, I'm I've had 17 interviews posted and one presentation. 
uh, of the 17 I've interviewed, seven of them are Navajo. So I'm looking for more than just Navajo. I'm not opposed to Navajo guests because of course I'm Navajo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would love to have as intertribal and intergenerational as possible to, to just to, to be able to really have something that anybody could relate to. So I frame my, my podcast with having them introduce themselves if they can in their language. Great. If they can't, that's fine because not all of us have been raised speaking our language and some languages are lost. And then I ask them to share a favorite something about their heritage, whether that's a story or a, um, a celebration or a tradition, some tradition or something. What is something that is, is their favorite about who they are, how, how um, their heritage? And then we just talk for a while. And the last question that I ask them every time is, what does it mean to you to know you are of the tribe of Israel? And um, I'll let your, your listeners know that's kind of a trick question because that applies to all members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not just Native Americans. Mm -hmm. um, we do, as, as a whole, claim that we are remnants of the people of the Book of Mormon, yes. But we are all promised as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that when we join this church, we become, um, whether or not we're already literal bloodline but we become members of the tribe of Israel. And so that's my trick question. And I just ask them different questions. We talk for anywhere from 35 to 60 minutes. And um, I, the longest, the longest episode I've posted right now is an hour and four minutes. So I, I interview them and then I give a few uh, thoughts at the end of my own about something that happened that week or something I've been thinking about. So you get to know me a little bit. If people are, are listening to this and thinking, oh, man, uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, they can get Tribe of Testimonies wherever you're getting the cultural hall. It's simple as easy as far as that goes. If they know someone and they think, Andrea, you know who you need to talk to, how would they best get that to you? Is it Facebook? Oh, is I, it I love, I love that. Um, I've got some amazing guests because of, because of uh, other people saying, Hey, you should interview this person. So you can email me at tribe of testimonies, uh, no funny spelling tribe of testimonies, all one word at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll respond there too. And I, I love referrals. So it's, I've had some of the most amazing guests because of these referrals. It's really great. It's fun to, to see you continue to do it and to, uh, not only find the passion which which drew you to start to do it and got us sort of connected and got you down the path, but also to continue. Sometimes it's really hard, and I know that uh, you know it, it's it's fun to see you sort of act on God's calling in the middle of the night. Andrea, you need to do this. Why me, God? All right, <laughs> I'll do it. Sure. Uh, it's it's fun to hear that and to hear as it continues to just get better and better in the stories and and the people that you find, and also you know hearing the native language of some of those individuals is so gorgeous just it to is. be able to hear it i'm i don't understand a lick of it not no but, but i feel it. it it's 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 odd in that way it's the same way like when return missionaries will bear their testimony yeah. and and i have literally no idea but i'm like it's it's so earnest and so just yeah. moving and powerful so I've, I've had so many i'm i'm gonna call them tender mercies or miracles where I just know that I'm supposed to be doing this right now. And there was one day I was literally interviewing 
a guest and the previous day I had interviewed another one and she called me while I was interviewing the second guest and she's like she left a message and she's like I need you I need to talk to you right now so I called her back I had I had my equipment set up I called her back and she's like I really feel like I need to bear my testimony in Navajo and I'm like okay I can hit record right now I'm actually ready to go she's like okay so literally after I finished the one recording unplanned or anything this sec this woman she bore her testimony in Navajo I have no idea what she said mm -hmm. but I put it in because she felt the spirit and knew that Heavenly Father needed her to bear her testimony in Navajo so I hope someday that touches the person it's supposed to touch that's awesome and it will for sure for sure. Uh, Andrea, our time has drawn short. There are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I will ask those of you at this time. The first question is, is do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? I do. I am a, an advisor in the young women. The, like the young, young women, the middle young women or the older young women, or do we even still do that anymore? I guess I don't know. Um, in my ward, we do. We have, well, we have two classes, the older young women and the young, young women. So I'm with uh, the advisor with the young, young women. Uh, the second question is, if you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Um, I I would love to be a Relief Society teacher. I really enjoy that a lot. And then the final question that we ask everyone and ask you to interpret this however you will, but the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Oh, man. I My favorite part of my faith is seeing that the things that I, the relationship that I have with Heavenly Father is not, not a fake relationship. It's a real relationship. It's, it's a real, he really knows me and, and all the things that I learn at church, um, help me to know those things are true. And, and I love that. I love that about church and about my relationship with Heavenly Father. Well, keep it up. You're doing amazing things, and it's and it's fun to be able to act in the way that you know that God is calling you. So we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Brother Brent, Ken Williams, and BigMikesProducts.com will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back.